we're going to start slow kind of as a hobby having one or two, and then we're going to scale that up once we find our sweet spot. I think that's a great strategy. And a lot of people go about using that strategy. And the key is you've got, you've got one business that's paying you really well, and you've got ample amount of time to go and learn the skills, go out, do it yourself, start building that up and be able to share in that with a partner. I think it's, it's a phenomenal way to get into the investing game because the barrier to entry is much lower. I'm Stephen Pesavento and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by The Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Here to entries much lower. Welcome back to the Name Your Number show presented by the Investor Mindset. My name is Stephen Pesavento, and today in the studio, I have Chris Rudin. How are you doing today, Chris? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad to I'm glad to have you here, and I'm excited to talk about this today because you're a professional speaker. You've been on the circuit for about six years. You've got a great story, and what I'm really excited to get into you into today with you is. The, how you've actually used speaking to be able to not only monetize, but you'll advance different things within your business. I think it's going to be really valuable because a lot of folks are going through tough times and they're trying to figure out, Hey, how do I move my business in a better direction? How do I move my life in a better direction? And what are the steps that I can take towards getting there? So let's start off first with uh, a little bit about you. Tell me, what was one of the first things that you named one of the first targets or things that you went after kind of on that path towards creating a great life? Yeah. So, uh, I have a super cool prosthetic arm, you know, I was born with a disability and my entire life, I felt like I was kind of just broken and I, mm. my parents didn't come from money either. So I grew up in a poor household. I, my goal was, I never want to experience what my parents are experiencing. I don't want to feel broken. I don't want to feel like my disability or my finances are holding me back. I dreamed of making six figures. That was like the thing, you know, and everyone kind of <laughs> shoots for that six figure mark, that magical, mysterious yeah. number that's going to fix everything. I was so fixated on getting that. And I first started with personal training. I got my degree in exercise science and I loved doing that. I built a pretty successful business, got close to the six figure mark, but I hated my life. And I was yeah. like, why is it that the closer I get to this number that's supposed to make me happy, the farther I feel from fulfillment or like enjoyment, or I just, I hated life. I was like, I'm making more money than I ever have growing up, but I'm not happy. And I found like the true thing I wanted to help people with was not only mindset, but how to just better their quality of life. Mm -hmm. So I found speaking and I was like, man, to make six figures from speaking, that would be insane. I don't even know if you can make money doing this. Uh, yeah. I started as hundred thousand being my main target and, uh, it took me a few years to hit it. Cause I didn't really understand going from turning speaking as a hobby into mm -hmm. speaking as a business. But the second mm -hmm. I made that connection and that switch, I way surpassed that goal. That's for sure. Man, that's so cool. What, what was it that you were doing differently once you turned that 
skill, that strategy into something that would pay and help you create the life that you wanted. It's crazy now, like this past year and this year, like I've gotten my dream car, I've gotten way more than the goals I set for myself. If anything, setting a number goal was almost a limitation because mm -hmm. I set a way lower goal than I'm at right now and where I'm yeah. trending to. Um, but it was from that, I hate to say poor mindset, but it was from a scarcity mindset of like, mm -hmm. that number is going to solve everything. It was never the number because the number was the byproduct of the work that I needed to do. Yeah. And I find that when you put your mindset on the end result and not the process, you're never happy. There's a concept. Mm -hmm. I think Mark Manson said it. He was like, the desire to be happy is a negative experience. Mm. The desire to be somewhere you're not is never going, you're, it's never going to be enough. So I stopped looking forward in the sense of like, oh, I need to do this. And I was like, what can I do right now to make this better towards my mm -hmm. business? That's what went from hobby to business. I went from, oh yeah, I speak to what does a business require? What's my marketing system? What's my fit, my operating system? What does my daily inbound and outbound lead generation system look like? Mm -hmm. Do I look like a 5,000, 10,000, now $20,000 speaker? Mm -hmm. Do I look like that? No. Okay. What do I need to do to look to emulate what my competitors are doing? I never looked at it from a business perspective. I just mm -hmm. said, oh, I have a cool story. Maybe I can speak. And that wasn't enough. So that switch really kicked me in gear. Yeah, that's so big. I, I always think that when you name a number, it's it's really just a line in the sand that you yes. then use to back in to what's really most important in your life. And then the most important thing is the plan that you actually take towards getting there and enjoying that process on that path. And so I think what you're saying really resonates when it comes to the business of speaking. I mean, what are some of those things that if somebody's listening to this, but what are some of those things that they'll receive back if they become a great speaker, whether it's from going and getting in front of the right audiences all the way down to how they communicate on a personal level with the people in their life? I think I'm going to talk about it from a few different ways. From the component that I do it, I'm a keynote speaker and I make all of my money from keynote speaking and then a few different monetizing ways of like consulting, doing different proposals mm -hmm. and other value sets that I have. But I make all of my money from speaking. It's not just motivational. It's on change management. It's on also overcoming adversity and diversity and inclusion. But that that money that you can get, getting anywhere from five, ten, twenty thousand dollars for a 45 minute keynote, talk about the scalability when you're doing 20, mm -hmm. 30, 40 keynotes a year, it's incredible. Uh, but from there comes consulting from there comes this process of, okay, do I have all of my deals in my CRM? Am I managing my business day to day? Am I, am I being that speaker? And when I leave an event, do they feel like they got their value? I never thought that I'd be able to speak for a living, but speaking is the core component of all business, all relationships, communication mm -hmm. in general. And sometimes some of the missing pieces in different organizations are missing that communication component. So I can come in as a third party and say, hey, I'm bridging the gaps that you've struggled to bridge just from providing a different perspective and positioning people to take psychology and just connection and help to bridge those problems and create solutions that better quality of life is what everyone's after. Better quality mm -hmm. of life improves productivity and the bottom line for most people. So... I get brought in to do just that. 
Yeah. Well, I've seen on my side of the fence, when I speak in front of a group, not only do I have an opportunity to get paid to do that, but now I'm, I'm elevated to a position of leadership in front of that community, which is giving me an opportunity to make an impact directly to be able to pull people into my business from a consulting, a coaching, from a opportunity to bring them into investment funds or other opportunities. And it, it has always been extremely powerful for folks who maybe are doing speaking, but they have yet to really go down that path of making it the business. What do you recommend that they do? How do they think about this differently from just, oh, I'm going to go and speak and it's going to be cool, or maybe I'm going to get a client or two out of it, maybe not, to turning it into something where they're showing up, they're receiving a check and and actually making that a key part of that business? There's two two components to that. One, and it's the most obnoxious one, most people don't ask for money. Mm-hmm. It sounds so simple. Uh, But it is sometimes obnoxiously that simple. They don't ask for money and they, they cave at the first sign of, Oh, we can't afford that. Mm. That objection in any other sales situation, most people would be like, Oh, we can talk about what's the true objection here with speaking. People are like, Oh, okay. I get that. You can't pay a speaker. That's so untrue because maybe they can't pay the speaker directly, but maybe their sponsors can. Maybe there's a workaround for an education component that you could bill as workshops instead of a keynote speech. Maybe Mm -hmm. there's a partnership that can be developed. There's so many different ways, but a lot of people give in too easy, you know? Um, And the second thing is you don't always have to get paid a high keynote fee to make money. I get the majority of my money from the speeches itself, but some speakers speak to sell their system or course, course, uh, course, The problem is most people don't have a system, whether it's to get paid as a keynote speaker or to sell their service from stage. Most people don't have a system. They go, oh, I'll speak and hopefully I'll get a client. That's not a system. You can't create a business off of hope. You can't hope that the person on the phone will pay you. You have to set yourself up for, do you look like a speaker that's worth money? Well, how do we know this? Here's some some free tips for how to figure out if you're worth money. Go to a speakers bureau website who hosts, they host a bunch of speakers, look at different price ranges, 10 to $50,000. Look at your specific topic. Let's say it's overcoming adversity. Let's say it's real estate. Let's say it's a dental hygienist. It doesn't matter what it is. See that topic and see the other speakers in that category for that amount that you want to make. Does your website, does your digital footprint look like them or are they much higher quality than you? Are you on the same boat? What's their core topics? What's their core messages? Who do they work with? They have shown you what it takes to make money in that space. Speakers bureaus represent speakers who make money. If they're Mm -hmm. making money, you can make money. But if their profiles are way above yours, you need to level your profile up to match that. So the, the steps and the processes are already there. We're just not looking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, so what I'm hearing from you is really go and model the people who are already doing really well at this so that you can apply those same ideas, those same beliefs, those same strategies to helping you then go and do the same thing. Absolutely. And whether you're making money on the stage or maybe you're not making $30,000 a speech, maybe you're making $5,000 a speech, but what's that going to do for your credibility and authority in your space? 
that's going to establish you as a trusted figure. It's going to give you content speaking in front of people. You can chop up that content. Now you have a ton of social media content, which can create lead-ins to your top of funnel, which can create lead-ins to your actual processes in your systems. One speech can go so far in the lifetime value of one talk. We always talk about the lifetime value of a customer, but we don't talk about the lifetime value of one talk. One 45-minute keynote can be content for a year. It can lead into so many other clients, whether it's social media, newsletters, email marketing, uh, social media, paid ads. There's so many ways to repurpose and uh, syndicate that content. But most people just have a one-track mind. Like, oh, I spoke once, I got paid once, and that's it. And that was a huge level up for me to realize one opportunity is not one opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so where this really kind of plays into what we often talk about in the Investor Mindset Show is really it comes down to understanding that we're looking at this is one additional channel or strategy. And how do we understand how to make money from that using skills or experiences or stories to then generate an income that we can then use to actually go and invest into things that are going to continue to pay us. And then that skill of being able to go out there and speak and make an impact and be paid to do so can actually generate even bigger returns, which get us closer to that place that we're looking to uh, arrive at or the path that we're looking to be on towards creating more of that life that we're, we're looking for. So it's important to understand how this all fits in because a lot of you may be listening, you may be thinking to yourself, hey, I'm not really a speaker. You don't see yourself as that type of a person, or maybe you don't have an interest of doing so. Um, what would you say to those people, Chris, who are listening and they're thinking to themselves, they, they never saw that identity that that was even possible for them? I get that. I mean, I was born with a disability. I never thought I would break a world record in powerlifting or be on a TV show at The Rock or do any of the cool stuff I did. Just because I never saw it doesn't mean I was closed off to the opportunity. And it's maybe not what I wanted to do with my entire life, but I took an opportunity and I ran with it. When we look at the reality is everyone listening has already told probably four to 10 stories today. Mm -hmm. You tell stories all the time. You speak all the time. We speak in stories and we have since the start of time. You already speak and you already have a business. Why not use speaking to propel your business? You don't have to be a keynote speaker, but you can speak on a topic to propel your business in a, a different revenue. You're already speaking to your team. Why not speak on social media? Why not speak on different stages, small or big? It doesn't matter because you can utilize that. And let me give a very specific example. When I first wanted to become a speaker, I loved the idea of being on stage and speaking. That was me. But say you don't want to do that. Say someone wants to pay you, I'll use a specific case, $3,000 to speak on a stage. At the time, I was like, that's a, such a great offer. $3,000 to speak, that's great. But instead of saying yes, taking the money, I said, what's the real issue here? We had a discovery call. They told me all of these issues and they were hoping that my keynote could help. I built a proposal for every skill that I had. And I pitched $100,000 for this one company. They said, that's way too much money. So they settled on 50. Hmm. So from 3,000 to 50, they have re-signed that deal three years in a row. And from that deal, I've picked up three different clients on speaking who have paid upwards of $10,000 each. So turning a $3,000 one-time deal into a recurring stream just from the art of speaking, it's communication. It's monetization. It's using the voice you already use to capitalize on the skills you already have in a louder way. And no one is against that. 
You don't have to be Tony Robbins. You don't have to be a motivational speaker, but you already speak. Why would you deny yourself a revenue stream and a credibility and an authority stance when you're already doing it? And so for somebody who's, who's thinking to themselves and they're looking for ideas, I mean, in that example, what are some of those things, those, those deliverables that came out of that $50,000 proposal? Absolutely. I'll walk you through all of them. So uh, I have type one diabetes and I also have a lot of ties to like healthcare practitioners. Plus I do social media content. I have all kinds of equipment in my office. It looks pretty on camera here, but there's stuff everywhere. I love recording content and video and photography as a hobby. Plus I also have some social media followers on LinkedIn and Instagram and all these different things. So I said, what happens if I helped you guys create content? If I did video and photography for you guys, as well as modeling and got in some of your brochures to create a patient profile and create trust in the patient community. I also went out to events and spoke for you sometimes. And I also did consulting on the side. I built a massive deliverable list, a satellite media tour where I could speak on camera for you because I already speak. I took the same few skill sets that I have and I used them in every idea possible. With some of my speakers, I'll give them a challenge. I say, all right, you have a brick. You have one minute to write down everything you can do with this brick. You could step on it. You could throw it. You can toss it. You could kiss it. You could do so many like goofy things, but that innovation is what I do for my deliverables. Here are my five skills. I'm going to give you everything I can do with those skills because who am I to say what you need or don't need? I'm going to offer you a blue sky proposal and you're going to tell me what works best for you. That's Mm. what allows you to. So if you're a real estate guy, are you good at teaching real estate, a specific area of real estate? Are you good at teaching sales? Maybe just overcoming objections. Maybe you could do a workshop on overcoming objections in the commercial real estate space hyper niche, but guess what? You have a group of people who are willing to pay a premium for that. And even if they don't pay, you get them in your newsletter and now you have them in your system. So maybe you want to have a monthly group where you, they pay 50, a hundred, $200 a month to get the top of the line objection overcoming or sales psychology around commercial real estate objections there. And that's just such a hyper specific mm-hmm. thing, but you have to be creative with the base skills that you have and the area you serve who else would benefit from the stuff you've learned or overcome or messed up on? Yeah. And so what's so valuable just to underline this idea of looking at, well, what are your skills? What are you really good at? What are you the best at? What do you enjoy doing? And then going through what's every potential idea of something that I could deliver to this client, this company, uh, in this proposal, all the different potential things that I could do and I would enjoy doing and I'm great at doing, and I'm going to put a price tag on that. I'm going to send it over there and that's going to start the conversation from a much higher level. And then they're going to cross out all the things they're not interested in or they don't want. And you'll end up getting into a place where, you know, you settle at 50% of a hundred thousand. That's a heck of a lot better than 50% of 3000. Exactly. I do want to add too. You never want to bombard people with all the things that you can do for them because that's a universal fix to an individual problem. I always hop on some sort of discovery call. You can call it what you want, but this is, this took me from, you know, being sub hundred thousand dollars a year to well over 300 in just speaking. The first call is not for you to tell them how awesome you are. It's to Mm -hmm. ask them what they need and shutting up was the best thing I ever did learning to ask questions and be quiet. Even if you can solve the problem on the spot, 
take the time to understand what the issues are of your clients. And sometimes it sounds so rudimentary, but going back to the basic or foundation is vital because when you go to pitch that proposal, you're not pitching it because you know how to do it. You're pitching it because it's what they said they needed and you're offering them a specific solution. If you give them general solutions, it doesn't mean as much to that you saying, Hey, I know you had a problem with X, Y, and Z. I created a specific process for X and Y and Z versus just like, I can fix this. I can fix this. I can do this. I can do this. Which of those sound good to you? It, they're not person number 47. They're, they're a real person with real problems. So treat them as individuals, not a universal blanket approach. That's just my process. Yeah. And the other thing that you made very clear there is you're saying you're not putting it in terms of the action. You're putting it in terms of the outcome. Outcomes. You're putting it in words that understand, well, what is that outcome that they're going to get as a result? Absolutely. The outcome of the problem they told you about, not the one you think they have, but the one they specifically told you about. So if you ask the right questions deep enough, what's the real issue here for you? And what does that look like? That's when you can come to the solution. Oh, we just need a speaker. Okay. What's the real issue here? Well, we're having trouble with our team. All right. Tell me more. Our team isn't collaborating. They're very distant from each other. Okay. So you're really needing to build a inter-team communication and you want to improve the culture. Yes. Okay. Instead of just having me come and speak on how awesome I am, why don't we talk about creating better collaboration to increase productivity? Oh, that sounds amazing. Well, sometimes the problem at the surface level isn't the true problem. And most of us know that you have to mm -hmm. dig. Yeah. Dig down deep and kind of wrapping up on this before we get to another question I have for you is where do people go out and find these kind of opportunities if they're yet at that point? Maybe they've spoken a number of places. Maybe they have a great speaker reel. Obviously, both of those things are a good place to start. Where do, where do they start as far as going out and having those conversations with people who have budgets and, and getting in front of those folks? It really depends on the the system that you want to be. The kind of speaker I am, I go after a uh, corporate audiences, usually corporations and associations. You also have nonprofit, nonprofits, education, and you have military. So you have a few different buckets. It really depends on your core message. If you, let's just say you have your core message down and you know that it's profitable based on the speakers bureaus and the topics that they book, then you can start your outbound system, which is I think LinkedIn is incredible for that. I think it's 10 times better than email personally. And here's some free advice on some of the stuff I give to speakers. Instead of bombarding people with, hey, you know, my name is Chris and I'm a speaker and I have this world record and I speak on these three topics. And that's, that would be really weird if you did that to someone in real life. They'd be like, dude, I don't even know you. Like, why are you doing that? You ask a simple question. Hey, are you the person responsible for bringing in speakers to your organization? It's a yes or no question. They can respond to that very quickly because most people are busy and they will say, yes, I am or no, I'm not. If they're not, you say, okay, I completely understand. Could you connect me with the person who is? Now you have a warm introduction to the person who brings in speakers from someone already in the organization, a much higher likelihood to start the conversation. So whether it's organizations, associations, nonprofits, I would know what space you're in and if they have any employee resource groups or are you speaking to the entire organization, there's so many ways to go about this. Believe it or not, 95% of my business is inbound. They come mm -hmm. to my website because I've built that in a way where 
I focus on my SEO. I constantly put out content as a speaker. So I've established mm-hmm. myself in this space to be recognized as one of the leading change management speakers. But that takes time and effort. Mm-hmm. The A year is going to go by no matter what. A year from now is going to be a year from now. You're either going to be a year ahead or a year behind and just do the work now. Establish yourself, build the following, build the network, and then the business does come to you as long as you establish yourself as somewhat of a speaker or credible authority. A lot of people have credible authority and they don't consider themselves speakers, but they speak all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that it, it, it's so valuable because what happens is there's trust that comes from that authority and being able to put yourself in that position to use that trust for you yourself you know, you're, you've got your income up, you've got this great system. How have you then gone about going towards, you know, investing in assets that will continue to pay you without you doing the work yourself? Have you begun investing in real estate, in private equity, in businesses, uh, in the stock market? What, from an investing standpoint, has been the strategy that you've used to start putting some of that money away that will continue to pay you long after you're done speaking? So digital information products are a massive, scalable, automated system that I've created and I'm continuing to create. So having either a course or a digital product, even if it's an ebook, I'm working on a big course right now for speakers, but creating a system where I can automate and scale that process where it doesn't require any of my time is my ultimate goal with the speaking system right now. From there, we're about, me and my girlfriend are about to get into real estate, uh, multi-unit. So that's our focus. Uh, mm-hmm. That is very new to us. So we're learning from a few different people, but I'm excited to get into that area of my life. Uh, between digital products and real estate, that's probably where I'm going to focus. I've dabbled in stock and investments a little bit. I just don't know enough. And more of my interest is pulled in the multi-unit space in real estate. Yeah. So, uh, Are you looking at going about that where you're going to essentially start a new business and start yes. buying and operating yes. those yourself? Or are you going to start investing with experts who already do that? Myself. I'd be doing myself and my girlfriend. So we're going to kind of take that on. We're going to start slow kind of as a hobby, having one or two, and then we're going to scale that up once we find our sweet spot. Yeah. I think that's a great strategy. And a lot of people go about using that strategy. And the key is you've got, you've got one business that's paying you really well and you've got ample amount of time to go and learn the skills, go out, do it yourself, start building that up and be able to share in that with a partner. I think it's it's a phenomenal way to get into the investing game because the barrier to entry is much lower Absolutely. than if you were going to start pouring your cash into other non... Uh, I think people uh, mess up. They, uh, especially with social media, we see like all of the hustle culture and all this stuff, like you got to be an entrepreneur. And they are so rushed and pressed to make that first investment business their entire money that it's not going to produce as quick as you want it to. And what happens if you make a mistake, which a lot of us do when we first go to do something, we have our careers. So we're set and we're able to do this on our own pace. We're not rushed or stressed out or like ruining our lives to potentially, you know, gamble 95% of it just for, you know, to lose it all. So I think the pace and position we're at to invest now is from a lot more solid of a foundation. Yeah. I think the key for you in that situation is to really focus on building those skills kind of the same way you did in the speaking business and to think about it uh, from a perspective of 
I'm going to go out, I'm going to buy something. Hopefully I'm going to make money doing it, but I'm going to learn a lot through the process and I'm going to get a better understanding. Is this a business that I want to run? Because even if you're doing it yourself, it's a business, it's going to take focus. It's not passive, but it can create a great revenue stream and it can be really fun to do as long as you look at it from that perspective. And I think a lot of people, they rush into wanting to, get into investing and they don't realize that they're just starting another business. But when you come at it from that perspective, you, you've got so much more strength and it can be a lot more fun along the way. It's something I want to learn. I'm excited to stumble. I'm excited to learn the new things of this next chapter in my life. If I did what I'm doing right now for the rest of my life, I'd be ecstatic. I'm fine. I love where I'm at financially from a life standpoint. And I have a lot of free time now, which is incredible. I'm making more money than ever. And I have a ton of free time. I don't want to waste all of that free time. Now I can build a new revenue stream with something that I'm not too familiar with. And I'm excited to learn it. I'm excited to grow it. Maybe it'll become a massive revenue stream. Maybe it'll make me a few extra thousand dollars or a few extra tens of thousands of dollars. It's something I'm in a position to do now with no worry and very little risk to me and my lifestyle. So I think everyone should really become good at something and establish some sort of foundation and then use that to take the next step and diversify all of the revenue. I have to have money coming in from different positions, but this next step I've set myself up to create long-term wealth uh, with assets that I can manage now and grow over time. Mm, Such a great way to look at it. Chris, how can people follow along on what you're doing or get in touch? Absolutely. So Chris Rudin at every social media, I really focus on LinkedIn with a lot of my speaking topics. And my website is chrisrudin.com. If you ever want to ask questions about speaking or anything like that, feel free. You don't have to be a motivational speaker to use speaking to grow parts of your business. Uh, Don't neglect it just because you're not used to it. It's a very easy revenue stream to add on to what you're currently doing. Yeah. And I can just say that it's been one of the most powerful tools speaking, whether that's on a podcast, whether that's on a stage, whether that's on a digital stage, it it helps you be able to speak your ideas, be a better leader, be a better partner, and all of those things that come along with creating a great life. As we wrap up on this last question, Chris, for those people who are feeling hesitant, they know what they need to do in order to take that next step towards creating the life they want, but they're not yet doing it. What advice do you have to those folks towards getting started and taking that first step? So, I would say that's the word stuck. And what I've broken down stuck to mean is a combination of fear and uncertainty. You fear and a lack of certainty in what you need to do. The fear is just the idea of changing and we're uncomfortable with it because change makes people feel weird. But when we change the word change to improvement, everyone's more excited. So what happens if You don't need to run the marathon right now. You don't need to buy the 12 unit multiplex right now. What happens if you just decided to read one article a day on the life that you want, on the business or revenue that you wanted? What happens if you broke down your goals from these massive high level things that can be overwhelming to what is one single small step I could take right now today and then call it done for the day and do that again tomorrow, one step. Then maybe you get to two. You don't run a mile by running a mile. You run it by taking a single step repeatedly over time. The compound effect of small decisions today will benefit your future goals. 
But if you don't take the step today, you're one day further from that goal. I don't need you to go speak on a stage today. I don't need you to go buy all these different businesses. I just need you to take a single step in the direction that you want your life to look like. And you know, you can do that. Such great advice. Really great talking with you, Chris, Chris Rudin people. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thanks, man. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. Hey, this is Steven again. Just one more thing before you take off, and that is the Insider's Newsletter. Would you enjoy getting a single email every week with some of my favorite things, including tips and strategies on how to get the most out of your life and your investments? Basically, what it is is some of the coolest things that I've discovered or am pondering when it comes to life, investing, and business delivered in a short email every week to your inbox. Easy to sign up for, easy to cancel. If you'd like to try it out, type into your browser, investormindset.com newsletter to get started, and you'll get the very next one.